You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hello, and welcome to Systematic Ecology. Today, I have to ask you to do something for me. I'm going to need you to wave your hands in the air if you're feeling fine, because we're going to take it into overtime. Welcome to the Space Jam episode. I'm so happy right now. You don't even understand. I am so ready for this episode. Hey, before we get into it, though, just a reminder, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash systematic ecology. Subscribe to one of those tiers so you can join our Toon Squad. That's the best I got. I'm Brandon Knight. I'm one of your hosts for today's episode. I'm a seminary student. And recently, what have I been doing recently? Well, part of, you know, we're recording this in March. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but we're recording this in March. And all this month, I've been doing all things Batman and leaning into the 90s nostalgia a little. I've been watching Batman, the the animated series. And it's just, it's just good. It's just so good. Pound for pound, it's probably the best. I mean, I don't know. You really like the X-Men animated series. I know that. But pound for pound, I would say B-Taz is one of the best cartoons of the 90s, if not the best. I would definitely say that B-Taz is the best. I think okay. that conversation handily lies with Spider-Man the Animated Series, B-Taz, and X-Men. That's true. One I've never watched. This is free. Gargoyles. That's one I want to try and watch at some point. That was deemed a little too uh, mature for me as a small child. Oh, I loved Gargoyles. That was probably one. That's once you expand out from the top from the top three, it's there. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Uh, I am Joe, and recently I have been um, geeking out on The Witcher. Um, my wife and I have been going through the Witcher series, and man, it's certainly a show that exists. It's fascinating, and <laughs> it's a I real say, thing. <laughs> yeah, I will say if you um, have small children. Just just be aware that there is nothing kid friendly about this show. Just just putting that out there. Good to know. Good to know. Thankfully, my child will be tiny, so he won't know. Uh, but yeah, today we're going to talk about easily my favorite movie of my childhood, Space Jam. This was my movie everybody has that one movie from when they were a kid that they watched on repeat over and over and over again this was mine did it have to do with looney tunes yes because every night before i would go to bed i would watch looney tunes on cartoon network was it because of michael jordan yes because i'm from chicagoland where we worship the goat like that's a like what else do we do out here eat sliders and talk about jordan 30 years later. So this movie is perfect. I'm having so much. I'm That's so awesome. excited to talk about it. What about you, Joe? Where does this rank for you? So this movie has a whole mess of nostalgia for me because growing up, I was like, I don't know. I'll probably call it a safe 95% of America. And during the, during the nineties, I was a Chicago bulls fan. That's and right. I'll be honest. 
at that point in time, I uh, nigh worshipped the ground my father walked on in a lot of regards. And so my father was a Chicago Bulls fan. And so, of course, I was a Chicago Bulls fan and, and all mm-hmm. of that. Um, you know, now I couldn't tell you like what T- Tom Brady, he's the he's the the quarterback yeah. for the Bulls now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie was, I was literally target for this. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, th- this was one of those movies that just, we don't, we don't talk about the remake for the simple fact that it will never be the original. And sure. it's a travesty to mankind. It's a tra- I have not. My one friend, disdains lebron james curtis he's a listener here on the show he so i don't think the other movie exists at all i have not seen it my wife has seen it she said it's good for a few laughs but you know when you're talking about nostalgia it's hard to compete against nostalgia you know like there can be other attempts there can be other material and blah 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 but ultimately nostalgia has its place in someone's mind and it's near impossible to top that. Oh, absolutely. Like, so, so to give you an idea, I was curious and I'm, I went to, um, I went to look up what stuff is out there in the periphery about um, Space Jam. If there's anybody, you know, every once in a while, I look up these topics when we're getting oh. ready and I find a fascinating rabbit hole. Um, I don't know when this is going to go out in relation to um, the emperor's new groove that that is coming or has come. But, you know, I found a whole section on the theology of the emperor's new groove. And so I'm uh, what I found here was the original Space Jam website from 1996 and all of its ridiculous picture index glory uh, (laughs) that. Yeah, yeah. But just what you said, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, this already brings back so many memories for me that Mm -hmm. even if the movie is ridiculous, even if the movie isn't that good, that nostalgia thing is a really hard thing to to beat. I'll be Mm -hmm. the first one to admit, you know, as far as it not being good as you remember, that's not something we have to worry about with Space Jam because it's amazing. Right. And, and there's there's not really a down part about this movie. It was already in the upper echelon, which is exactly why it didn't need to be remade in the first place. Need I remind everybody that Michael Jordan, who is not an actor, was acting alongside cartoon characters who were not there. Like that's a Her- Herculean feat. Also, Bill Murray's in the movie, which putting Bill Murray in a movie automatically makes it 10 times better. Yes. Yes. A movie with Bill Murray is better than a movie without Bill Murray. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a wonderful fourth wall break there. And when he does show up at the game, he's like, the producer's a friend of mine and he'll, you know, let me down here. So that's how that works. Right. Yeah. So what's some of the uh, cringeworthy theology that you found or what did you find any or did you just check out the original website? I didn't find any uh, any theology. That's shocking. Um, I did write 
that's savior motifs something i thought i'd right. find something on it but yeah no i think when you talk about this kind of um when, when you talk about this kind of movie you have i i don't think that you i don't think the conversation ever gets beyond how good this movie is to be adding on to all of the various um different options that you can take with this with this kind sure. of thing right like trying to shove an old movie into a certain type of paradigm or something along those lines mm-hmm. i don't think you ever get past just how stinking good this is so there's never an opportunity to add all of that stuff in you're talking about capitalizing on the height of cultural zeitgeist at this time. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Looney Tunes. You're talking about Michael Jordan. You're talking about Bill Murray. There's something for kids. There's something for adults. There's something for parents. This Barkley's in the film as well. Larry Bird's in the film as well. Um, right. The guy from the Pistons. So I pretend he, Patrick Ewing, like I, you know, pistons whatever so you know like you've got like this is a pop culture phenomenon this film is and for better or for worse because obviously there is the one with lebron this has created for the looney tunes like a its own genre of films this whole the looney tunes interacting with real humans you got looney tunes back in action with brendan Fraser. there's the remake with lebron and next year there's Coyote versus Acme coming out, where the Wiley Coyote is going to be suing Acme Corporation for all the failed attempts he has had at capturing the Roadrunner with John Cena as his lawyer. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> no. Were you doing okay until the John Cena part? I no, I, no. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I, I had if it was the rock, everybody would if it was the rock, yeah. everybody would be fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Throw the rock on it and it and, and it makes it that much better. But yeah, I'm not even sure that particular premise could be saved from saved by the rock. <laughs> that's what that's what not you don't need LeBron for a new space jam. You need Dwayne Johnson, the height right. the you know, the zeitgeist, the ultimate pop culture, everything isn't lebron james now it's it's dwayne johnson it's the rock that's what looney tunes that's what space jam 2 should have been the rock doing stuff with looney tunes just 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 the rock doing stuff with looney tunes that's what that's what everything (laughs) fast and furious looney tunes (laughs) because it's all about family it's all about family Oh, I can't wait to do that episode. I don't care about those movies, but I just want a reason to say it's because it's about family over and over throughout this same episode. Right. Looney Tunes. Uh, Looney Tunes Space Jam. Classic film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because you look at these types of movies and they really are just giant toy commercials you know what i mean like this this ip is literally on everything you know what i mean like the Mm -hmm. logo the you know you're i mean you're already talking about um 
Michael Jordan, who is on everything. You're already mm -hmm. talking about the Looney Tunes that at this point in time, they're on everything. And, and so, you know, when you are looking at something like this, <laughs> you almost have to have to forgive and laugh at the fact that like, at this point, they're literally just selling toys to kids. It's been happening since the 80s, all before that. But, you know, at this point, mm -hmm. they firmly, companies have firmly figured out that they could make a movie like this and just pump out all of this. And it worked, right? We all had the shirts. We all had the pencil sharpeners. We all had the mm -hmm. book bags and everything else. I had bed sheets and I always slept with my pillowcase the side up with the Toon Squad because I did not want the Monstars looking at me during the night. That would be terrifying. But the cool part is, is that with, even though, yes, it's a giant toy commercial, I can remember vividly the uh, Burger King toys that I had from the kids' meals from Burger, Burger King. The thing is, though, we're also talking Looney Tunes with the longevity that they have and Michael Jordan who, like you said, about 95% of the country was a Michael Jordan fan. So we're not even just targeting kids. Grown adults are buying Toon Squad jerseys and getting, you know, the action figures. I see these at antique stores all the time now, like these classic figures. I had like a like an action figure of Michael Jordan in the Toon Squad character, in the Toon Squad jersey. And he would go with Batman and my other superhero action figures and go save the day. Because Michael Jordan's basically a superhero at this point. Like, and these are for adults and kids alike. Like, this had to be a huge moneymaker for Warner Brothers. Right. Maybe. And, and you look at. Good. Oh, I was going to say, maybe they weren't allergic to making money at that point. Like, right. maybe they actually liked making money at that time. Yeah, that's a that's a fascinating concept <laughs> for that company. Um, and, and you look at the the pictures like the posters for the movie right like if you look up space jam on wikipedia you can see the what was the main poster for the um and it's got bugs bunny on one side and michael jordan on the other side yeah and he even says at the top bugs bunny michael jordan like they knew exactly what they were doing you, mm -hmm. by by putting these two tentpole figures which fascinates me that one was a cartoon character and the other one was a basketball player but mm -hmm. because we need to throw these little references in each one of the episodes that we do for the very very specific portion of our audience that will get this it's like the attitude era right nobody's <laughs> ever going to recreate the attitude era, era no. ever wrestling will never be as hot as it was at that particular point in time Sp something like space jam isn't going to happen again i don't care how you're you know how popular lebron is how many people mm -hmm. think that he's the best and yada 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 it's that that's honestly at this point not even what it's about it's mm -hmm. just simply that it's not the original that it's not the mm -hmm. 90s that it's not that fever pitch zeitgeist that everybody can't get you know you didn't have the same kind of selection in cartoons at that particular point in time so a lot of the people that were that were young at that time they pretty solidly were either in the camp of something like power rangers something that's like those live action type tv shows things like that or you still have a very large presence 
from um, cartoons, especially something like Looney Tunes, because mm-hmm. they're they're straight across the board. They make cameos and things. They've been already had been around for quite a while by this point. All of this kind of stuff, and you know. A people do not care about basketball the way that they do the, the way that they did in the '90s because it just it just is a different time. And mm-hmm. yes, there's tons of basketball fans, and yes, there's tons of LeBron fans, and all of this kind of mm-hmm. nonsense. But at the end of the day, it's not the same time, and you can't mm-hmm. recreate that. And at this point, for the for an entire generation's worth of people. They're not going to care. They're not going to care what you have to say as the new uh, as the new guy in the block. It's exactly what we were talking about with the Batman, right? Mm-hmm. When we talked about the Joker, what was the first thing that we said? You get you're setting it up for failure because it's simply not Heath Ledger. Doesn't matter right. how good the person does. Does not matter even in the slightest. It, but for most people, it's a simple fact of it's not Heath Ledger. And whether they intend to or not, they will be comparing not favorably that person's performance against Heath Ledger's performance the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so with a bad cash grab remake like that, that's got I know for me, that's exactly what happened. And I know for others that are in that same age bracket, that's exactly what happened. It's not that it's necessarily a bad movie, quote unquote. It's not Michael Jordan. It's not the 90s. It's not the same Mm -hmm. thing. And they're not able to just let the conversation be. And I think that that's part of what you get into with a movie like this. Because with, with this kind of movie, you have all of these different moving pieces and all of these different things. And some of those jokes that they make aren't 100% on color. You know what I mean? There's plenty, there's plenty of comedy there for the parents too. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's an entire, there's an entire Pulp Fiction reference that I never got until a very long time afterwards. Like I'm two when this movie comes out, like I'm five watching this film and enjoying it, I don't know that who was it, Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam are supposed to be Travolta and Sam Jackson there, and the I, I just knew the music was really cool, which is the best part of Pulp Fiction is that song. But but yeah, no, it's it's for everybody. Space Jam is for everybody, and what's interesting is that going it having this conversation now, we're talking about Looney Tunes, we're talking about Michael Jordan. The 90s itself is a character. You know, it's not. It's not actually in this movie. It's not like the 90s are a thing in this movie. But like, that's part of this equation is that this is the perfect storm of 90s stuff without it also being grunge. You know, there's not teen angst and Nirvana and all that type of stuff and Pearl Jam going into this. It's fairly wholesome. Because it's Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, that's that. It is, it is wholesome. It was a simpler time, but at the same token, we weren't. It wasn't so worried about serving the overlords of public discourse, of social media mm. critics, 
of somebody getting offended and all of that, that it was able to tell a funnier story. And I think that part of the part of the issue, not to be too not to go too far down the rabbit hole of the old man yelling at the crowd or yelling at the the, the clouds. But at the same token, you comedies aren't the same. They're oftentimes okay. meant for kids nowadays in a way because nobody wants to offend anybody because this, mm. and I'm not saying you've got to go out there and make a raunchy uh, comedy in order for it to be funny. That's really not what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. at the same token, you can very easily still have humor for all ages without going into because it the, the the conversation will quickly dovetail into oh so you just want the 90s back and all of their bad thoughts and all of their bad all of this kind of stuff all of the mm-hmm. um honestly disgusting things that that can come along with that once you open the door to yesteryear absolutely i'm looking at you vince russo yeah exactly so so i'm not trying to say that it has to be all of that in order for it to be funny or for it to be a good comedy because like you said it's not that it was raunchy in its adult points it's just that it was comedy for everybody Mm -hmm. they were willing to throw in little things that at worst it was flashy music like catchy music and the uh cartoon characters dressing up like other things and it's funny Mm -hmm. ha 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 at mm-hmm. best, it's a reference to another movie for the adult that took the that brought the child, right? You know? Or the line when um, Bugs and Daffy have just gotten Michael's shorts. You know, he had to go get his shoes and go get his shorts, and they're walking back and they're going to go down the golf hole. Oh yeah, the guy who plays Newman from Seinfeld's in the movie because he's in that scene. I forgot right. about that part. Um, something Knight, Wayne Knight. Um, I think that's his name. Um, anyway, so Bugs and Daffy are going to jump down the golf hole and Daffy's p- pitching names for the basketball team. And he says the Ducks and Bugs goes, what type of Mickey Mouse organization do you think we're working for here? <laughs> like <laughs> That is an on the nose joke. We all know because that would have been the Mighty Ducks would have been out by that point. Probably the I think the cartoon would have been out by that point, too, like. We all know what's going on here. The only time that it gets remotely like, okay, yeah, maybe a little dated is the whole Lola Bunny thing, which caused a whole conversation with the new one that went in so many different directions that I don't even want to have the conversation now because I don't feel educated enough to actually talk about it. I just know that a lot of people were upset that they changed the character design of Lola Bunny. So we're just going to, again, pretend that the remake doesn't exist and that Lola is just the way that she is in the first one. Right. And and that's, you know, that that's just is what it is when you're talking about, you know, when you try to make pivots and change things and all of that kind of stuff, you are opening the door for both good and bad. Like, yes, I guess you can conceivably make something that works for another generation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not convinced that I've ever seen it, but Hey, whatever, (laughs) you know what I mean? I I think, uh, I think another, 
example of this is the is the modern day take on um he-man that kevin smith made that oh, was i just started watching that recently a dumpster fire <laughs> um but so that you know that's something that you have to be aware of that is a conversation that can be had it's not the conversation that's going to be had here because mm-hmm. that's outside of our lane that's that's yes. not that kind of commentary and all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um honestly for something like this you know you you just got to celebrate what was at some point you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and and understand in the areas where it is problematic where it does it does generate bad thoughts or bad you know bad ways of thinking and whatever that you know what it was a different time and here's to hoping that humanity um has has learned and grown over time mm-hmm. um i do think that we get dangerously close to the to the line of throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to something that might have a less than desirable aspect to it with just throwing the entire thing out along with it, I think obviously has its own problems. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of cancel culture and all of that. And I don't just mean that against people. I mean that against things, you know, trying to scrub different things from history because, you know, there are some things and I can point to a couple of things within the mouse's domain that are just <laughs> disgusting. But that this this is still there's still enough good about this that you don't need to go to that level of extreme. Sure. Let's t- let's bring it back to something lighter because that's really what we're here for. We're here to gush about a film that we absolutely love. Favorite moments of the film. Favorite lines. You got any? Um, my one of my favorite parts is when they are going when they're in the real world and they're trying to find the right house and the right place to to get uh Michael's equipment mm-hmm. and all of that. That was funny. And pretty much that entire final game between the Monstars and the Toon Squad is okay. just hilarious from start to finish. Yes. Uh, I am big fan of several lines in the film uh, when Bill Murray shows up and he does the da 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 da. The uh, guy who owns Moron Mountain he goes whoa whoa whoa! I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was going to be in this picture. Like that's I love that line. I was much older when that one finally clicked, but I thought that was really funny. I also like after the game when the Toon Squad wins and Michael goes up to Bill Murray is like, Hey, I think you could actually like, you know, you could actually do this. And Bill Murray's winded after playing essentially 20 seconds of a basketball game. And he goes, no, I'm going to retire on top and undefeated. And I quote that still to this day, you know, I'll play a game and win the play a brand new game. I've never played before and win. And I'll say, all right, I'm going to retire on top and undefeated my all time favorite line and i think it's just because it is so dumb is the scene where 
Daffy gets wrecked during the game. I forget exactly what happens. I think one of the monsters just like flattens him with his hand, pulls it back. And Daffy says, but mom, I don't want to go to school today. I want to stay home and bake cookies with you. That is my I I crack up every time. That is fantastic. I will. I will say one thing that I did find fascinating that I found in my um in my searching about Space Jam, DC made a graphic novel of <laughs> Space Jam. Okay. Yeah. Is it just the, the story or <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it's it looks like it's just the it's just the story of it made into um comic book form. Nice. There's I definitely be a... remember having the Sega game, the Sega Pinball uh, Space Jam game. Okay. Yep. I don't think I, I did not have that. And hopefully after this episode goes out, there's going to be a spike in eBay purchases and Amazon purchases for that graphic novel. It's going to be all yeah. of a sudden everybody wants this now because it's Michael Jordan's comic book debut. It, <laughs> I don't know if it's canon or not. Um any last thoughts on Space Jam before we start moving things over to our more spiritual side of the conversation? Um, no, I th- I think that that with a movie like this, you know, I, I I think this is the power of cultural awareness on display when when you're talking about a perfect storm like this of various forms of IP. You can't replicate this, and it just this is one that you just got to sit back and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, this is a that's exactly right. This is a thing for people our age to sit back with our kids now and say, This was our favorite movie when we were kids, and just enjoy it. Yeah, perfect film, love it so much. So, audience, who are the monsters in your life? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brandon, I'm going to need you to tuck your Baptist back in, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I really am surprised that you did not say, hey, I found this really weird, uh, really weird theology reference to Space Jam. Because to, to be quite honest, Joe and I did a whole bunch of episodes all in the same day. So in the same day that we recorded this, we also recorded the emperor's new groove episode and you know there is apparently some people out there who have some pretty far out there uh theology connected to the movie the emperor's new groove but with this movie i mean this is purely this movie is just fun this movie is purely the looney tunes are in trouble we need a hero and his name is michael jordan and Michael Jordan is surprisingly cool with this idea. And yeah, it's the comeback story. <laughs> and that's really what it is, right? Is is It's the comeback story. And it's got so many of those story beats that are so powerful and so resonant uh, across a lot of different um, avenues and aspects. And I'm going to go on almost like a breaking the meta rant for a second okay i'm glad 
that nobody took the time to try and shove a square peg into a round hole as far as this movie goes. Guys, okay. it's okay sometimes to just enjoy. Just just stop and enjoy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and and be able to resonate and all yeah, sure, the good guys, the bad guys, we can do this, we can do that. Like there's there's tons. If we wanted to, we could absolutely who are the monsters in your life right. this conversation big time. But I think this the common thread with a lot of these older movies like this is they stop trying to or rather i think one of the best things about some of these older movies and this was absolutely a similar idea with the emperor's new groove that we're talking about a time where people weren't afraid to just have a conversation about a morality play to just have mm. a conversation about what is right and what is wrong? What is, you know, good and what is bad? What me? What does it? You know, what does morality mean and what does this look like? And mm -hmm. you know, how can you be a better person? And and all of this kind of stuff. It's not. And sometimes it's just about the hero's story, the 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 mm -hmm. conquering hero, and all of that kind of stuff. That it doesn't have to be about chapter and verse and page number it doesn't have to be about romans whatever it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be about specific points and specific lines and all of that kind of stuff and i think one of the great joys for me in recording an episode like this and being able to watch these old episodes or and being able to watch these old movies and things like that is being able to just stop and enjoy, like I said before, sure. and not being compelled to say, Hey, did you know that we're a Christian show? Did you know that we're all Christians? Let me shove this <laughs> Christian thing into this because it's a non-Christian movie. So I have to make it about Christianity sure. somewhere along the way. You know what I mean? And and mm -hmm. sometimes it's just fun to nerd mm -hmm. out about stuff from our childhood. And I'll be honest, I wasn't even that big of a fan of uh, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes wasn't really like a thing oh, really? for me. It was more that it was just, it was just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just uh, flashy, lots of music, you know, the, that kind of thing. Bright and colors. Yeah. Right. It's literally made for kids. Yeah. I mean, Looney Tunes actually was a surprisingly big part of my life as a small child. On I can remember on Cartoon Network, it was Looney Tunes. It was Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes. And then if I was really good, I could stay up and watch Tex Avery cartoons came on. So that's like Droopy and all those like Screwy Squirrel and all those type of cartoons. And that's literally how I went to bed every night was a heavy dose of good old fashioned Tom and Jerry violence and then Looney Tunes nonsense. And it was, yeah, it's a little silliness is good for the soul. You know, like it's, it's okay to occasionally just enjoy something purely for the entertainment of it. John Piper disagrees, but you can enjoy something purely for the entertainment of it. It's fine. You know, 
the Looney or Looney, Space Jam wasn't written by C.S. Lewis. Like it doesn't have to have some allegorical coded message of Michael Jordan is Jesus. No, no, please no. He he's just so, Michael Jordan. <laughs> right. So I'm a firm believer that everybody's that every episode is somebody's first episode. So mm-hmm. um if you are listening to this either fresh now or within the context of binging past episodes, we are currently in the midst of the year of Lewis. We're going through C.S. Lewis's stuff. We're going through the Narnia series. We're mm-hmm. going through the space trilogy. We're going through a lot of I think screw stuff. tapes on there. Yeah, right. And so when you look at something like the Narnia, right? Yeah, as much as he as much as people don't want to admit to it, because that whole quote of him saying it's not allegorical is horrifically ripped out of context. Ninety percent <laughs> of the time that it's that it's said he was not saying that there's zero allegory in it. He was saying that it's not just supposed to be a retelling of the Bible. It's you not know, Pilgrim's Progress. That was his point. It, exactly. Exactly. And so um, those types of things. I love the Narniad. I love everything about the Narniad. I love all of the teachings. I love I, I love that. And we've talked about on those episodes how those kinds of stories are God-ordained in a way. Mm-hmm. because you 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 look at the way that a man is willing or is able to recontextualize the cliff notes if you will of the bible into a story that's compelling fun and you know very old at this point but still resonant with a mm-hmm. lot of people you t- you look at something like Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm gonna upset some Tolkien fans here for a second. There is also allegory in the Lord of the Rings. It's not devoid of religious implication. And I'm saying from the author. I'm not just saying from everybody and their mother that has made the same sermon about Fellowship of the Ring. That <laughs> it's it. There's there's baked in there evidence of Tolkien's relationship with God. And that's another one where, yeah, that's a beautiful story that can be drawn, that you can have these parallels drawn and you can weave this tapestry of thoughts. And these things are designed to point to the source material in ways. And it's a beautiful thing that you can engage with God through these mediums and things like that. That is the wheelhouse that they are in. That is the type of writing that they did. That is what those types of stories are made for. I, I, there's an asterisk with what I just said. I understand. Again, you can, you can find all, you can, you can send all angry mail about what, what I just said about the Lord of the Rings to my seminary life and it'll get put in a paper shredder and signed. <laughs> but <laughs> but there is there is varying degrees like you got right. pilgrim's progress you got narnia somewhere down here you got the lord of the rings and then over in the next ballpark is space jam 
to bring right. this full and circle, you know? Exa exactly. So, so I say all of that to say that there are tons of examples of geekdoms that we can look at and wax poetically about and talk mm -hmm. about and, and, and really mine out. Okay, so we are Christians. How does that affect the way that we look at this movie? Sure, the part we'll we'll go back to the to to the one black eye that this has. You know what I mean? The the Lola Rabbit is her name. Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny, whatever. Um, <laughs> the, the the Lola Bunny scene. You know all of that stuff. The way she's drawn, all of that. Yeah, it's problematic. It is what it is. You know, I'm not trying to make excuses. And yes, mm -hmm. the 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 Christian part of my brain looks at that and says, that's a problem to be showing kids and all of that kind of stuff. But outside of that, some movies are just meant to be popcorn flicks. Some yeah. movies are just made to have fun with and i think we go a little too far with trying to bleed the well dry with when it comes to this i love the return of the king i really enjoyed Endgame. i am never going to watch those movies as many times as i have space jam because they're good they're excellent films but they're not rewatchable popcorn flicks are rewatchable I will spend I've spent so much time watching Space Jam and I will spend even more time watching Space Jam because it's fun and that's OK. Let's start wrapping this show up. Joe, do we have any recommendations for our audience today? Um, I'm going to double down on the concept and tell you, go go and watch this movie. Um, this is just a a killer popcorn flick fun for the whole family okay i'm going to recommend because if i'm late to the party that means everyone else there's got to be some people out there who are also late to the party if you haven't played zelda breath of the wild yet like you need to be like me and finally get with the program because that game is just so fun it's so fun so much time has been spent on that game it's probably not okay Oh, well. Hey, Joe, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you? Uh, you can find me on all of the socials as well as anywhere that you can find podcasts at Buddy Walk with Jesus or Kingdom on the Road. I am live six out of the seven days a week on Facebook. And you can find my show, My Seminary Life, where I talk about the things I'm studying in seminary right now wherever you get your podcasts and on Facebook and Instagram at my seminary life pod. Thanks for listening to a nostalgia filled, just love, love heaping episode. Thank you for letting me talk about one of my all time favorite childhood films. If you have an all time favorite childhood film that you want us to talk about, let us know. Systematgeekology.org. You know, we have this idea of doing more retro Disney films, We've talked about, you know, we're going to do an episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We've recorded one to go out at some point. Like, it's just going to be a lot of loving on some old flicks. So if you've got some you want us to talk about, we'd love to hear about it. And remember, we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. The 
This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.